can't hear anything up to the clock. Can you not hear anything at all from me? <laughs> of course I can hear. You jerk. Come on. Okay. <laughs> That's my my humor. I just... And you think I'm bad? Try being married to my wife. Oh, <laughs> Lord. She's brilliant. Okay, so what's happening? What are you going to do? I want to know all about you. I want you to okay. tell me everything. Start from the beginning. Actually, uh, it's before the beginning, because you come from local bagpiping royalty. So how did that even start? Uh, 1962, uh, my dad and his best friend, Dave Keechee, uh, went to a, uh, a concert at a church dinner of the Salt Lake Scots. And it was just when the Salt Lake Scots were forming. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically what happened, uh, and you know, the, I'm sure maybe one of the Barclays might, might change my uh, look at it. But We'll see if they have a rebuttal. <laughs> oh, they can. Oh, they can. But what happened <laughs> is they, uh, they wanted to form the Salt Lake Scots because they really wanted more of a gentleman's club. Oh, interesting. Uh, and, uh, you, know, you know, older guys playing the pipes. Sure, and sure. Dave, actually, my dad actually had a, uh, a, a role of the early Salt Lake Scots, and Dave Barkley's on that role. Oh, yeah. But Dave, his whole focus was getting the kids to learn the pipes. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he didn't want to be in a gentleman's club. He wanted to be in a band. You can't have kids in a gentleman's club. No. <laughs> so Dave Dave went back to Utah and, and just got Utah rolling again. Mm-hmm. And then so my dad uh, took a vacation, with took the family up to uh, Vancouver, B.C. We went to Jake T. McCarty's. And he bought a set of bagpipes for himself and for Dave Keechy, yeah. his best friend. Hey, but how old and, were you about this time? I'm just trying to paint uh, a picture in my brain. 62. I would have been uh, four going on five. So just a little kid. Yeah, a little kid. Yeah. And uh, so my dad bought the pipes, came back, uh, learned the pipes as best they could. They didn't have really sterling instructions. So mm-hmm. unfortunately, they learned a lot of bad habits, which over the years they unlearned. Yeah. But uh, they started putting together a band, and uh, and Utah was just this other band, you know, and uh, doing their thing. And so I, I'm a little kid, and it was family. It yeah. was all family. And yeah. uh, we used to have these wonderful band picnics in the summer where my dad uh, would get a big projector, and he'd show Scottish films like Rob Roy or Gunga Den or something, mm-hmm. and uh, just have big barbecues. And I always... You know, love the pipes uh, my whole life, going to the parades, watching the bands march in the parades. Yeah. And, uh, but. (laughs) Well, and also in those days, then these would have been the only two pipe bands in Utah, right? It was just Utah and Salt Lake Scots. Because I know, I know that Wasatch hadn't formed yet. I know that. Oh, no. uh, White Peaks certainly hadn't formed yet. Was maybe, mm, did, did uh, Ben Lomond have a program at their high school back then? They did. They did in the seventies. Oh, okay. And uh, that's that's another part of the whole story. Oh, well, don't let me that, don't let me push you ahead, then. Man, you're 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 stepping on my tail. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the bands both did their own thing. Uh, Utah did their thing. Scotts did their thing. I remember we did a joint program at the Terrace Ballroom one time, mm-hmm. and it was fine, you know. Yeah. And uh, and. I always thought we got along. There were people who didn't like each other. Well, that's life, you mm-hmm, know. It's mm-hmm. unfortunate. But uh, so, but about the time I turned eight, um, it was time to. Oh no, it was older. Yeah, eight. 
because it would have been between the third and fourth grade, I had to select an instrument that I wanted to play in the school band. Ah. And I just loved the clarinet. I thought the clarinet was such a beautiful instrument. Yeah. And I remember sitting at dinner uh, and telling my parents, I said, well, they want me to select an instrument and, and I would like to play the clarinet. And dad says, no. You know, my if you have you ever met my dad? I haven't, no. But tell me all about oh, him, man. He sounds like a character. <laughs> dad was a character, but dad said, "Nope, our pipe band needs drummers. You're going to learn to play the drums." Oh, Boom! All right, there's the and, commitment uh, we need. <laughs> okay, and uh, first couple of years learning it, I hated it, yeah. didn't like it at all, and then I started kind of playing in the band a little bit, but never had really good instruction. Uh, I had a, had a gentleman named Wolf Pickles teach me for a while. He was a drum major and a drummer. Uh, he later left and went to uh, California to play with the uh, Lockheed Pipe Band. And, and I'm sorry, a, you said it was his first name Wolf? Wolf, W-I-L-F. Okay. Still, in, Wolf Pickles, in, still a very cool name. <laughs> oh, yeah, and, and Wolf, Wolf is a good guy. Kind of a hot-headed Englishman, though, and, uh, <laughs> and that's another story entirely. you, you got to be uh, tough if you grew up with the last name Pickles. I would think so. Yeah. It's but kind of a boy any, named Sue situation. Yeah, definitely a boy named Sue situation. Yeah. But, uh, you know, my friend Dave Keechy, little, okay, Big Dave, Little Dave. Oh, okay? I see. It was a I, multi-generational friendship. Yeah, and, and I, can't, I can't say Big Dave, Big Dave without saying Big Dave. That's yeah. Big Dave's name. I see. Uh, my dad's best friend, thick and thin. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Actually, thin. is that is that a play on? on if you call no, him, actually, if you call him Big Dave, does that mean that he's the thick one? <laughs> well, they they both had a background in Daggett County, Utah. Dad was out there as a school teacher, and Big Dave was raised on the ranch out there, mm-hmm. the Williams Ranch. And one time they got arrested <laughs> and jailed uh, because their pickup truck didn't have the uh, the weight thing. They used to remember you used to say U six thousand on it or something. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They got arrested and they went, jailed for they that. They went to jail for that? <laughs> yes. U dot was serious, man. Oh oh yeah. Well Daggett County, what can you say? Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> but so I think maybe it's just that the cops were bored, huh? They needed something to do. <laughs> I was just and these two idiots and they probably both knew my dad and Dave, but they probably just, did. Oh, you're you're breaking the law. <laughs> uh, so anyway, Dad and Dave were just these two pipers. They just they they were brothers, as thick yeah. as thieves, and yeah. uh, so they just kind of moved through the band. And in the mid '60s, they had a piper named Charlie Marshall come along, and Charlie really helped them become a better band. And in fact, they went. I'm thinking Santa Rosa in 1963 or '64. They went out uh, grade C. There was A B C back then. What? And, I didn't even know uh, that. Oh yeah, and uh, so they went out, and uh, they won. Really? <laughs> Great C. Wow. And they're also who us? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bunch of a bunch of nobodies from the middle of nowhere, Utah, huh? Exactly. Wow. And then they went out the next year, and my sisters were both heavily into dancing, mm. and uh, the band didn't do so well the next year. But the girls all took. Uh, my sister Mary won the aggregate, the gold, and my sister Jane took the bronze. Wow. And, uh, I've got uh, to imagine that their learning was similar to yours in that, like, they were almost like in an island in the middle of the desert. Like, surely they didn't have, like, the world-class instruction. Uh, actually, actually, right? the girls did. They did had they? a woman named Jan Webb who was I've heard insane, her name before. Yeah, insanely good instructor. And okay. The girls learned from a master. Okay. Whereas the boys and the pipers, you know, my it's a story of learning as catch as catch can. Mm. And, uh, you know, dad and big Dave improved, 
But then we got to the early 1970s. Well, 1969-1970, and there was a guy named Paul Howard who was teaching us, and Paul was a good drummer, but just didn't come around a lot. Mm -hmm. And then it was January of 1970, and, and you know, the first practice of January, 1970, and there were four people at practice. My dad, Big Dave, Bruce Hansen, and one other person, and they just said, our band's dying. Mm -hmm. You know, they, there's no one here. And uh, so Had they the voted. Had been much higher than that previously? Uh, they were a little higher, yeah. but all they did was stand around and play the favorite tunes of the pipe major Sure. and yeah. didn't want to learn much. And uh, you know, this is after their mid-60s successes. And they did the Devil's Brigade movie in 67, 68. Right, that's right. I asked, uh, I asked uh, um, Robert about that a little bit. But feel free mm -hmm. to fill in details if you want to because that's a fun story too. Oh, they just had a blast. Yeah. They just had a blast. And they had a drummer in the band, a guy named Phil Gard. And Phil Gard was a jazz musician mm. and uh, and a drummer, and so they had to use Phil Gard to play the leads because uh, they had uh, the two other drummers, Fred Laycock and Jim Burns. They were okay, mm -hmm. you know. They were they were mass band drummers, mm -hmm. so Phil had to play leads, and they did really well. The bass drummer was Earl Jackson, who was a, a huge part of the Salt Lake Scots then, and then he went over to the Utah Pipe Band and was just like this icon of bass drumming for mm -hmm. years and years and years. So, uh, you know, when I watched that film, I could actually name everybody in that film. That's pretty cool. So there you go. Now you're getting me crying because yeah. it means so much. No, I, I, I'm not surprised at all. I mean, it, not very many of us, at least out here, have as much of a, like, especially multi-generational tie to piping and drumming and so i i can only imagine because i haven't had that experience but i can imagine mm -hmm. that yeah yeah of course oh it's it it's just fun and yeah. so anyway they had that meeting january 1970 they voted out the pipe major put bruce hansen in uh as the pipe major and suddenly people start showing up at practice again mm. and uh my friend dave keechy little dave mm -hmm. he's having the same problem right now he plays with the gordon highlanders up in tacoma i believe it is mm -hmm. and the drummers just weren't coming out and dave dave was teaching them drumming but he also pipes it's a relatable so, problem man i think all of us are starving for drummers <laughs> yeah and, and what happened there is uh no one could stand the girl that david put in as drum sergeant so they weren't coming <laughs> out well she got angry and quit so dave's back playing lead drummer suddenly all the drummers show up yeah. so <laughs> That's what happened with the Scots, is yeah. they put Bruce in, and Bruce just lit the fire. He mm. just got them going again. And by 1974, we were good enough to go down and compete in Santa Rosa again. Yeah, uh, We got our butts handed to us, but we still had fun. Sure, yeah. But we got to see the Lockheed Pipe Band, which became Dunvegan later on. That was mm. Ozzy Reed's band. And then, uh, so what happened in the 70s is 71. 71, a guy named Doug Stephen came on the scene. Canadian drummer. Uh, learned under George Pride. And Geordie Pride learned with the Powell River Pipe Band. Have you ever heard of them? Not Powell River, no. Oh, man, you got to find the album. Yeah. It, it, for that era, it's the cutting edge pipe band album. Everyone goes, ooh, Powell River. And Geordie uh, Pride was their lead drummer. And he had a very unique style. And in fact, back in Scotland when they made was it McNish Distillery? It was like the it was like the, the super band. 
Uh, I'm, I'm thinking it's McNish, but it's been so long. Mm-hmm. And so they brought in all the super hot pipers, all the super hot drummers, Alex Stuthert, Jim Hutton, Burley Barr, all these super drummers. And they asked George Pride to come over and drum with them. And he goes, no, I've just got too much going over here. So <clears throat> George Pride was that good. Mm-hmm. So he taught his students to be that good. Uh, you know, and, as you've been talking, I've just been Googling around, and the Piping Press has this article that looks like a good read that's titled Powell River, George Pride, and the Impact of That Triumph Street Win on Western Canada. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because uh, Western Canada, I don't know if you know this, Western Canada has a very unique style. I know that Eastern Canada has a unique style. It's a big, it's a big, it's a big country, so it doesn't surprise me that there'd be a difference over in Western. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because uh, there were bands... Bands like Triumph Street, City of Victoria, mm-hmm. if you can ever find it, there's a, ton, a tune by City of Victoria called Weird Jig that their drummer, uh, Colin McGee, wrote. And it's the most bizarre thing you could ever find. I want to find the sheet music and get it to Wasatch mm-hmm. to see if they'll try it. So <laughs> I'm always finding these super hard tunes to give to Wasatch. Say, try this. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Come guys, on, you guys are this. great. Do, do this. Uh, but, you know. I know Ross would play it, but I don't know if anyone else would. Did you say that was one that Triumph Street did? No, no. City of Victoria City did of Victoria. that. Uh, City of Victoria was Jamie Troy, uh, Steve Geddes, uh, Colin McGee, just all these 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 heroes of the pipe band world. Okay? Mm-hmm. And they were, and Triumph Street, City of Victoria, SFU were all the Western Canada stylings. And uh, so... People like Bruce Gandy played with, uh, mm. did he play City of Victoria? Yeah, City of Victoria. Uh, John Fisher, the famous drummer, played with City of Victoria. And uh, amazing band. Uh, Jamie Troy Jr., um, funny story about him. Uh, we called him the Little Monster because he was a super talented drummer, super talented piper, and the little bugger could dance. Mm. <laughs> Do all of it, huh? And we just called him the little monster because I played against him in 89 up in Portland. And this skinny little kid, his dad comes up and puts the drum on him and everything. I'm just going, well, I think I've got this one one. And he just annihilated me. (laughs) It's just like, whoa, someone just got taught a lesson in humility. So so anyway, so let's go back to 70. We got got the band back together. Doug Stephen came on the scene. Doug got me and Dave Keechy out there drumming with the band. Uh, I started learning the Western Canada style of drumming, which is very, very bizarre. I'll have mm-hmm. to play it for you sometime. Yeah. You know, if I ever get my lazy butt up, I'll come out to your practice and I'll yeah, show come you. Come on, man. I'll show you how this this is that stage because mm-hmm. there's a lot of accented rolling and tiz rolls, and it's just bizarre. And uh, so anyway, so we get in the, into the early 70s. Everything looks great. Everything and we're sounding great. And uh, and then Doug kind of faded because Doug was a college student and he also got a job as a bus driver and he just didn't have time. Yeah. So it was me here. me and Kiji, uh, pretty much. Little. And then um, I did the horrible thing. Oh, then then in early high schools, you know, 74, 75, 76, I started learning jazz drumming. Uh, started playing jazz and I loved it. Jazz and Scottish drumming are one and the same. Mm. Uh, backbeaty, uh, and uh, they just work well. Except Reed Maxwell discovered something a few years ago. Reed used to do a lot of backbeat, so uh, you know, tis ta pa 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 da pa da pa. You know the backbeat sound. Mm-hmm. Reed switched it around, so he put everything on the four beat. 
So it was like a very strong beat. Mm -hmm. And Reed Strum, of course, started winning. So, ah, oh, well. Everything kind of shifts and follows whoever's winning, doesn't it? Yeah, so so I've had a couple of drummers here refer to me as old school, which is just fine because I love my drumming. Old school's cool. Yeah, old school is cool. Do you, you know? um do you uh did you in high school were you were you living out in Daggett County or you guys had your family kind of moved in toward the <laughs> toward the population <laughs> a little bit? Oh no no I I grew up in Rose Park. We moved gotcha, into my yeah. house a month after I was born. Gotcha. So Rose Park, kid, huh? you're a, Rose Park. You're, so you were a gangster, huh? No, no, Rose Park. <laughs> Rose Park was leave it to Beaverville when I grew up. It was just wonderful. Because right now that's like the hot spot for uh, for like Utah based um, Spotify rap. It's definitely not. Uh, uh, it doesn't. Or at least my impression is that the music coming out of there is nothing like pipe band music. Um, so yeah, I no, mean, no, groovy. You know, like uh, neighborhoods change, but yeah, the neighborhoods change, but uh, things change. Yeah. So we we go through and. Uh, so then we go to 1976, and I'm the only drummer of the band because Keechee's gone off and joined the Air Force. And then uh, I got out of high school, got a, a job for a whopping $2.80 an hour, and I said, this is nuts. So I joined the Navy. There and, you go. Uh, and, of course, Bruce Hansen almost killed me. You know, I lose my only drummer. Mm -hmm. So um, <clears throat> joined the Navy, went in in December of 76. Uh, <laughs> what's funny is the... Uh, that I tried out for the drum and bugle corps because it was yeah. a special company. And they said, well, you know, if you know an instrument, try it. So I went out there and they uh, they told me, play this, play this, play this. And then I showed them all this funky stuff that I learned in Scottish. And they're going, oh, yeah, uh, you'll work. <laughs> I got you, yeah. <laughs> so I had an accelerated boot camp, which yeah. was like six weeks. And then we spent four weeks entertaining. My impression is musicians. that an accelerated boot camp is preferable to the standard. Just get you out of there as quickly as possible, right? Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, they they pushed us through, yeah. which is fine. But then, you know, I, you know, I'm in the drum and bugle corps. I get to go to a, a big uh, welcoming thing for the Navy coming in, a, a flight coming in from a pack cruise. And mm -hmm. then we went to Knott's Berry Farm. And, mm -hmm. I mean, freaking boot camp, and I'm in Knott's Berry Farm. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway... So I finish up that. So I really didn't drum much uh, from 76 through 80. Mm. And so then I come back out, and, and uh, this is a funny story. It's kind of weird, but it's my me being a grump. Yeah. Uh, so I come out, and it's uh, January, February of 1981. And uh, I come out to play in the drum corps. And there's a woman named Pam Shelton playing in the corps. Pam... Pam is the drummer who lit the fire under drumming in Utah. Mm -hmm. and, and if anyone says no, I, I'll call him a liar because she did it. Yeah. She moved him into the modern era, era, taught them how to play music, how to read music, and they became really good. And uh, and so, of course, Dave Keechy was madly in love with her. But it was also <laughs> a, a bad time in that uh, February, Dave Keechy's wife was killed in a car wreck. Oh, no. It's like, oh, brother, you know, these are these are my family. Yeah. So I'm learning the drumming, and Keechy hands me their music. And uh, and Pam goes, well, that's grade one music. And Dave just looks at her, and he goes, he'll learn it. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> so, you know, I, oh, whatever. So <laughs> I took it. Yeah. Went through it, learned it all in a couple of weeks. And... Uh, Pam was quite disturbed that I could come in and learn their music in two weeks. And, uh, well, sure be disturbed, you know, make yeah. your music different, make yeah. it 
make it different. And then I was there, uh, there was an issue where they had bought a new drum for the band. And I didn't want a drum because I was still new. And somebody gave, got the idea that they were going to give me the new drum. And it was a, a piper whose son was in the drum line. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was coming in making all these rules about who got this drum. And I'm just looking at this guy going, you're not even a drummer. You're not even a leader in the band. Yeah. And uh, I went to my dad and I just said, Dad, I just put up with four years of politics. I'm not going to do this. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. And, and he goes, okay, no problem. Dad was very understanding. Yeah. So other than just playing for myself and finding great music, great run of music play, I didn't play again until 1986. And uh, Ooh, I was so at the you, Super you Bowl. For it. You, you took a pretty darn good, t- pretty long break there then. Yeah, but I was still drumming. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, uh, but just, you know, playing a little jazz here and there, but not really hard Scottish drumming. A Super Bowl party of, uh, oh, it was the Chicago Bears versus the New England Patriots. A wonderful game. <laughs> it was, Chicago just ate them alive. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was like this party. In fact, they, they even gave, gave the ball to Refrigerator Perry, who is this gigantic lineman, mm-hmm. and he just kind of trundles it in across the line for a, a touchdown. But <laughs> anyway, enough of football. So Kichi was there at the party because mm-hmm. we we all knew each other kind of through diff- all these different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Kichi was a Kodak repairman who knew the people who put on the Super Bowl party and he was there, and he goes, why don't you get back into drumming? And I said, oh, I don't want to get back into drumming. And uh, he keeps talking and talking, you know, being Dave. And finally he talks me into it. And the band was the Sira Pipe Band. Have you ever heard of them? No. no okay. I mean, Sira, as in the, the Sharon Center for Education and Arts, like here here in Orem, right? Exactly. I live in the Sira District. I'm like a half block from the park. Well, they sponsored a pipe band. I had no idea. I yeah. Why didn't I know this? <laughs> oh, because they went away. I got to go talk to somebody. It was the late late 70s, early 80s. Okay, And the guy in charge of Sierra, the pipe major, was a guy named Royce Lerwick. And to say Royce was a little eccentric uh, is uh, not an exaggeration. <laughs> Royce was just very different. Yeah. And if you knew how to put up with Royce, you were fine. If you didn't, uh, then you didn't. And what happened is uh, Royce came here. He lived in Minnesota, but he went to BYU. And he came to a Salt Lake Scots practice. And uh, and he started making all these suggestions. And uh, Bruce Hansen just basically told him to go away. Mm. You know, who are you to come in here and start telling us all this stuff? And I agree. You know, you don't walk in and tell people how to do things. Yeah. So he went to the Utah Pipe Band. And at that time, Utah was struggling. I mean, they, they were not very good at all. And uh, Royce went to their band. And this is funny. It was the summer of 78. Because I, I was in the Navy. This is all third party to me. Mm-hmm. But summer of 78, Royce worked with the Utah Pipe Band for six weeks. Got them polished enough to go out to Santa Rosa. And they won. Mm. That <laughs> quick, huh? That quick. Turned and it all around. Exactly. And Dad... Dad's friend was a guy named Charlie Lumsden, whose daughter is married to John Barkley. And, of course, she calls Charlie and says, we won. And Charlie tells my dad at church the next day, oh, yeah, they won yesterday. And Dad's like, oh, come on, Charlie. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> I, I saw them six weeks ago at the 24th of July, July parade. No way. And he goes, yeah, Don't they lie won. lie at church. <laughs> yes. And Charlie was a former bishop, too. <laughs> so you better so, not be lying. <laughs> so anyway, Royce did that for them. And 
So he got this, got that band going. Well, Dave Barkley is Dave Barkley, and Dave was a very strong-willed man, mega talented piper, insanely mm-hmm. strong piper. Mm-hmm. But if you did things that aggravated Dave, uh, Dave didn't want you in the band. So Royce lasted a couple of years with the Utah Pipe Band, and then uh, Dave Keat. And then at that time, Dave Keat he kept, kept trying to tell the Salt Lake Scots who he played with, "Let's go to Santa Rosa. Let's compete. Let's compete." Little no, bit, right? we don't want to go. And so Dave and his wife then Pam got married. Then they went out to Santa Rosa, and Royce Lurwick's there, and they're all just talking. And the Utah hadn't come out there, and Royce uh, Royce is saying, "Well." I don't know what's going on. He said that uh, uh, Virginia Barkley came and uh, got all of my uniform parts so they could take them in for a cleaning. And he never <laughs> got them back. <laughs> yes, and Dave said, Royce, you've been dry cleaned out of the band. <laughs> you've been dry cleaned out. <laughs> so Royce said, well, I'll make my own band. That's pretty and funny. So he made the Syrup Pipe Band. And oh, really? Really good band because there was Royce. A piper named Barry McKendry, who was a BYU student. A guy named, uh, oh, what was Jim's name? Oh, I can't remember his name now. But a guy named Doug Miles, who was a huge soloist out of California. Mm. Um, he's married to, He's married to Mary Miles, and her son is Eli Fugate. And you, Leo, Eli's the drummer who just played a couple of years ago with St. Lawrence O'Toole. Yeah. You know, Eli's a mega talent. So... They gelled together, made a really good band, and uh, they were really unique. They they got their drums in like a week before the Salt Lake competition, mm. and they wore I can't remember they they wore a kilt. It was called a ancient hunting steward of Appen. They wore black shirts with these gold kind of neckerchief things that huh. they're tucked. I mean, it was gorgeous. Yeah. And both, <laughs> okay, this is pipe band politics. Both the Utah Pipe Band and the Salt Lake Scots refused to compete against them. Really? Because they hadn't been around long enough. Really? Fine. So they just put on a show. They didn't care. And I mean, just beautiful. Just yeah. beautiful. So anyway. This was the Sierra Pipe Band. I'm just blown the, away that I live, I live here. I play bagpipes here in the Sharon District, and I haven't known about it. I went and played pipes for the Sierra production of Brigadoon a couple years ago and I haven't uh-huh. known about any of this. I gotta I'm gonna do some I gotta do some Googling. I gotta learn some stuff. I don't know if you'll find it on Google because it was just really like maybe four or five years. A little flash in the pan thing, huh? And in fact Sierra told us that we couldn't use their name anymore because they weren't sponsoring us. Yeah. So we became the Wasatch pipe band. Oh okay? gotcha. And okay. so anyway we were I joined in 86, started playing with the Syrup Pipe Band and having a blast. We went to the Salt Lake Games uh, in 86 at Dirks Field, but we didn't have enough pipers to compete, so we just mm. did it for critique. Yeah. And the judges are just going, you guys would have won this. Well, mm. yeah, we know. We just can't get pipers. <laughs> That's when you ask the judge if they want to come play with a Utah band. <laughs> oh, it was it was Ozzy Reed. And, uh, have you ever met Ozzy Reed? No, I haven't. Oh, notorious reputation. But I love Ozzy. He had, he, for some reason he and I just clicked, and uh, and you know Ozzy's a grumpy old Scot, and if if you cross aren't, him, aren't all judges grumpy oh, old Scots? <laughs> no, Ozzy's over the top. He's he can be mean. <laughs> he makes the rest fact, of them seem like sweethearts, huh? He he's been retired from judging. He yeah. was so mean. But uh, <laughs> he got it was Ozzy out of judging. <laughs> yeah, but Ozzy Reed was there, and I just hit it off with Ozzy Reed, and. Uh, 
we just said we just don't have the numbers. So we just played for a couple of years as the now Wasatch Pipe Band. Mm-hmm. And then it was the summer of 87, and Andrew Morrill shows up at our practice. And he's just going, why don't you guys just join our band? We need the drummers. We need your t- talent and pipers. On and on and on. So we so took he, a vote. And he's talking about Utah Pipe Band at that point? Utah Pipe Band yeah. at that time. <clears throat> and so Keechee and I both voted against it. Because mm-hmm. I didn't want to be in a, any part of the Utah Pipe Band. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, they were they were the strict Mormon band. You know? <laughs> and uh, which is funny since you were down you were down in Orem, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Which is the down in Utah County. Yeah, I know. And uh, yeah. so Keechee and I both voted against it, but the, everyone else voted for it. So we showed up. Of course, Keechee and I show up, and we end up spending twenty years in the band. Yeah. Everyone else took off. <laughs> Doug Miles went back to California and, and married Mary. And uh, so we did the best we could. And so Andrew says, oh, yeah, the drum sergeant, Christine, Christine Jensen, I just love her. She's like a little sister, but a very talented drummer. And he says, oh, she knows all about you guys coming out, all about it. So Dave and I show up, and Christine is just livid. (laughs) I mean, what would you think? You know, you're the lead drummer, and the two hot shots show up. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, Lord. And maybe she didn't know, huh? She didn't know. Andrew didn't say a word. it's It's a surprise to her. And so she she treated us very coolly, and uh, so Kichi, I I just wasn't gonna put up with it. I would just, but Kichi uh, <clears throat> got going with him, and he played with him in '87, and then uh, and then we formed a Utah Pipe Band Grade Four for '88. So I just took over the drum corps for that, mm. and uh, had the the Kitz Miller brothers, who were a couple of local guys, very talented. And uh, we did okay. We got beat by the Scots in grade four, but you know they've been playing grade four for a hundred years, mm. and they were polished. Mm. And uh, so, and then the band just couldn't support two bands. So finally, I started playing with the grade three band, and Christine realized that neither Dave or I want to take over. Mm-hmm. But what happened is Dave and I started writing music for the drum corps, so their music improved. Mm. And uh, so '89. We took a, a first and a second in grade three at Santa Rosa. 1990, we took two firsts in wow. grade three. That's great. It's, it's like, whoa. And uh, and Ozzy Reed uh, is the pipe major at Dunbegin. He's giving me crap about that. And, uh, and I said, oh, it's just talent. But one of my best friends in drumming, Gloria Cardenas, was uh, his lead drummer. And Gloria's just wonderful. And uh, just love her to bits. And uh, she's still around. Uh, in fact, I sent her a 19, uh, 1980s era set of Duthard sticks because she was looking for them. Mm. They're rare, very rare. And I had two sets, so I sent her a set. Mm. And, uh, But, I mean, as you can see, I, they're just people in this whole thing that I just I love and adore. Yeah. But Ozzy, the big grumpy drum uh, pipe major, yeah. we were at Payson. And, uh, you know, we played and we'd done well. We were having dinner. <laughs> this must have been one of the first years that they did a Games in Payson, right? Because if I remember right, that's around the time that, that the competition even started down there. Yeah, it was uh, Chatwin who had started that. Yeah, that's right, that's right. And so we're sitting there uh, with Ozzy. We're having dinner. And this is this is, this is is getting away with murder with Ozzy Reed. He goes, <laughs> he says, well, I've often modeled my band sound on the, the city of Victoria and I said, City of Victoria? And he goes, yes. And I said, I don't see how you can say the word Dunvegan and City of Victoria in the same breath. 
and he threw his drink on your shirt and stood up and stormed out, right? No, he was drinking single malt. He wouldn't throw that. But no, he just. He would have. I think he would have been. I think he punched me actually. Did he really? Yes, but you know, it was. We were just having fun. Yeah, I've I've been as you've been telling this story, Bruce. Just so you know, I've been like really enjoying like piecing together the world that I like was was the the pipe band world that I came into when I started mm-hmm. playing and just so just for context 89 is the year I was born so, oh, so wow how is that wow. how does that sit <laughs> that's the year we took first and second yep yep that's wow <laughs> but see that's that's what turns me on that's Dave Barkley's legacy yeah. is get the kids on the pipes and the yeah, drums. Man. See and see, my, yeah. my, like that's that's exactly why I'm thinking about it because like I was born in Provo, not that far away from where the where you would have been playing with the Sarah the Sarah pipe mm-hmm. band, and then it was you know it was 14 years later that I went into the Payson High School pipe band program. Mm-hmm. You know that that you know you're talking about the first Payson games and stuff like this. Like this is all the groundwork setting up the world that I got to step into. So it's really exciting for me to hear these stories. Oh, you stepped into a really cool world. I, I love the Payson area. Yeah. <clears throat> and the years that band, every year they put something together. Mm-hmm. And I just, that's amazing to me. Yeah. And, uh, oh, Ben Loman. You wanted to mention Ben Loman. Yeah, tell me about Ben Loman. Uh, there, was a, there was a small pipe band down there called the Job's Daughters. They were affiliated with the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Lori Cook, Melinda McPeak. So they were, they played with Ben Loman, and then they wanted to join the Salt Lake Scots. And I remember this meeting because I was the drum sergeant, and we were voting on whether we should allow women in the band. Whoa, really? And I said, I am not going to vote on this. I said, I have absolutely no qualms about letting women in the band. I'm not even going to vote for it. They should be automatically allowed in the band. Yeah. And uh, we had the Fabulous Five. Uh it was uh, Bruce Hansen, my dad, Big Dave, Grant Gardner, and I think it was Myron O'Connor. Uh, Myron O'Connor would have been Dennis McMaster's father-in-law. Mm. Kate was his daughter. and uh, But uh, Myron, oh, Myron, yeah, Irishman, just hilarious. In fact, Myron, before our, our competition in Santa Rosa in 74, he cut two of his fingertips off. Uh, he was a uh, cabinet maker. Oh no! <laughs> no. <laughs> was this maybe this was like and like some wild ancient Irish Celt or picked um, like a like a, a method for intimidating his enemies? Like you know you're about to go and compete against this other band. And he's like, I'm so confident we're gonna learn, we're gonna win. I'm gonna cut off the tips of my fingers and I'll still beat you. <laughs> Good band, because Dennis McMaster did the same thing what? 20 years later. <laughs> oh, that's right. I have heard that. Yeah, I have heard about oh. that. We're just going, Dennis, what are you doing? Yeah. You're a piper. So anyway, uh, getting back up to where I was in the mid-80s. Yeah. Uh, we had, so Sarah broke up. We'd become the Wasatch Pipe Band. Right, right. So uh, we broke up. In fact, I still think all the bass drums are up at a guy named uh, Bob's house. Probably a couple of big old premieres. Yeah. Uh, they, they wouldn't fit in now at all. Yeah. But, uh, you know, 28 by 16 premieres. Uh but anyway, uh, that band broke up. We we went in, uh, joined the Utah Pipe Band, had very a lot of success with the Utah Pipe Band. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but then I had a friend, Charlie Caperell. This is my solo career, okay? Mm-hmm. My first solo event was 1986. I played against Dave Keechy and Doug Hansen and, and got tromped. Uh, and, just playing uh, with your buddies, huh? Yeah. yeah. And then just kept playing, finally started getting silver, started getting golds. But I was down in the... the, the uh, 
the games down in Cedar City. They had a great games mm-hmm. uh, toward the end of July. And Charlie Capperold is the judge. And so uh, very good friend. Charlie and his son Art, just wonderful people. So I go up to drum and Charlie says, well, you scratched. And I said, scratched. Mm. And he goes, yeah, in the great, you were in the grade two. You, you didn't show up. And I said, Charlie, I've never played grade two in my entire life. And yeah. I wasn't being arrogant. Yeah. <laughs> I just had never done that. Yeah. And so he laughed. And he goes, well, then show me what you're made of. Uh-huh. And I won that day. Nice. So. <laughs> that was a good day, huh? That it was must, a good that day. That must have felt great. Cedar City but, must have looked real beautiful after that. Oh, Cedar City was a great game. I loved it. Yeah. But Charlie was a drummer. Uh, always played in the in the bands in L.A., uh, Beach Cities, L.A. Scots, and started playing in other different bands. But Charlie showed me how to really set up a premiere properly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Tom Foley, who's another famous drummer from the California era. I'm just sitting there, and Tom's in the judges' uh, area in Santa Rosa. And he waves me over. He goes, ah, come on, have a seat. Watch this. Mm-hmm. And Tom's sat there watching all these grade one bands. And he's saying, now listen to that. See what they just did? That was a mistake. They shouldn't have done that. So I'm sitting there with this world-class wow, judge. Yeah. He's telling me how to judge. And uh, He's just like telling you everything he's thinking, huh? Yeah, That's he's just awesome. telling me. And you know, and here I am sitting in the judges' booth, yeah. but judges' area, at Santa Rosa. You know, people are walking. What the hell's he doing there? Right, Pardon right. my French, but uh, but I had uh, so many friends out of California, so many friends out of Canada. Scott Robertson, who's been my instructor since 1989, uh, Duncan Millar, Reed Maxwell, uh, John Fisher. These guys are are my instructors, and they're yeah. my friends. And uh, so anyway. So I moved on. I did solos for quite a while, and then um, I started burning out on them. I, I was taking it too seriously, mm. and uh, uh, my temper tantrum of the Denver games. Uh, what had happened is uh, was that '94. Yeah, I had won the aggregate uh, for grade one in '94 at 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 uh, in the games, and John Thornton, uh, who at that time really made me angry, Susan Thornton's husband, mm-hmm. but he's announcing the winners in drumming, and then he stops, and he starts saying how disorganized and how uh, stupid drummers are, because they never register before the games. And I'm, I'm just like, what? I said, you know, I registered weeks before, and then he doesn't bother announcing the grade one or the open winner. Really? He just... Just just decided to dump on drummers a bit and then just skip yeah. over the winners. <laughs> and they just forgot about the winners. So I went over to the judging tent. Uh, Jim, oh, I can't remember Jim's name. He's the pipe major of Circle of Friends, who uh, oh, I can't remember the, the, uh, the Gallic pronunciation. But uh, Jim is uh, married to uh, Megan's mom. Yeah, we're all friends. And I said, Jim, I said, is it a new policy that the, the – person announcing the winners doesn't bother announcing the winners of the grade one or the open drumming. And Jim just went white. And he goes, what happened? Yeah. And I said, you keep John Thornton away from me. I said, because I will deck him. Yeah. I was that angry. Yeah. And so I leave. So this, I'm, I'm a very, I'm a passive aggressive person. My wife hates it. And it happens. Yeah. The next year I go to Denver and I win the open aggregate. You know, professional. Yeah. And so, you know what I did? I left early. Did you really? <laughs> so if one year they're not going to announce that you won, the next year you're not going to stay to hear it announced, huh? <laughs> nope. And Thornton knew full well that's what I had done. And, uh, but uh, 
that uh, finally it, it had to be 15 years later 20 years later that i started reaching out to the thorns and being friendly with them and, yeah and uh that's all over and done with but i'm sorry i'd worked so hard and that yeah, really sure, hurt yeah. yeah that really hurt me yeah and uh and then I realized I was talking to my wife and my wife is very sensible. And I said, JP, I'm just, I take this far too seriously. And she goes, yes, you do. You know, before, after I divorced my first wife in 89 and until I married my second wife, um, I could spend 10 hours a day drumming mm. easily. It's all they did. Yeah. 10 hours a day. Yeah. And, uh, you know, enough of that. So then, here comes so we go into the into the 2000s you know we're we're having success with the with the utah um little little headbutting about the management of the band mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh because you know it's andrew and and jeff mm -hmm. and uh you know i kind of follow along with them because they're they're my buddies and my mentors and so it was in 2003 uh we finally just had a, a party of the ways yeah, we just said yeah. uh no, we're just going to do something else. And I mean, it was so hard to walk up to David, Virginia and hand in my kilt and my jacket and my equipment. Yeah. I mean, I had to face them. Yeah. These were like my parents. Yeah. And uh, and uh, I just said, uh, you know, thank you for all you've done for me. I, I really appreciate it. And they thanked me mm -hmm. uh, because I, they, I helped build a good drum corps for that band. So then we we came in had a meeting at Andrew's house and uh, we're well, talking okay you know you know Bruce if 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 like it happens that bands split you know and if it they has do. to at least that was a classy interaction you know at least you can you know show respect to each other as you do so but it was there was a lot of hurt people I'm sure uh, yeah uh John Barkley at the time was a bishop and he just didn't have time to deal with this mm -hmm. and uh and he and Andrew have have bishop, not gotten to be clear, along. Just in case anybody listening and uh, isn't Mormon, bi bishop in this case is like what other religions would call like maybe a pastor. It's like a like the local congregation uh, leader, and they're usually yeah. pretty busy because they usually have a. It's it's usually like a temporary thing that they do for a few years aside from mm -hmm. their full time job. So it, it usually takes up quite a bit of their time. Yeah, it's crazy busy, and so so John was upset because it all happened without him being there. And uh, so we went our own ways. We had the meeting in Andrew's house. So we, we started talking, what do we want to do? What are we going to call our name? And so my wife, of course, barks out and says, I want to name the band Isle of You. Isle of You? Yes. You as in like and a sheep or you all? Yeah, or? No, Isle of You, after a sheep. I love you. So, I get it. Yeah, oh. so, so Holly... Andrew's wife is going, I love you. That's a stupid name. Oh. And so Jeff knows what I'm doing. Andrew knows what I'm doing. I said, yeah. Holly, just keep saying the name and say it faster. And she goes, yeah. says, I love you. I love you. And then she goes, I love you. And he said, I love you too, Holly. Oh. <laughs> <clears throat> so uh, poor Andrew's wife. Yeah. She, she's so patient. So we finally come up. And uh, and I, and someone said, "What about Wasatch Pipe Band?" I said, "No, we've had a Wasatch Pipe yeah, Band. Yeah, that's been done." And, and I said, "The problem is, is what if someone is crazy enough to say, oh, no, you're in, imposing on our rights?' Mm. You know, someone, one person from the old band. Sure. Yeah. And uh, and I said, we can't do that because it might had the legal water, uh, water. And I, and I thought, gee, what about bands like Toronto and District and right. all that? Yeah, that name And so I said, what about Wasatch and District? And everyone just kind of went. Wasatch District, and then they started saying, "Well, we 
bring pipers and drummers in from all over. Yeah, so it makes and, sense. And uh, the whole Wasatch Front, and they said, yeah, Wasatch and District. So that's where we got the name Wasatch and District. Well, there you go. So uh, very nice. So and then then we started forming the band. The the there were a couple of young pipers there who wanted us to get like uh, uh, McCallum Blackwood Chanders, and and me the drummer said no no we're not going to get blackwood chanters i said because they're fragile mm. and we can't afford afford 300 a pop mm. and then i and i said i tell you the first time i walk into band practice and a couple of young pipers are there sword fighting yeah. with 300 <laughs> chanters i'll strangle them yeah and so they said no we'll go with the the the, the polypenko <laughs> like everybody's like okay bruce actually might do that so let's let's <laughs> let's go with the poly well <laughs> it's because you know I'm sorry, you know the plastic chanters, they're impossible to destroy unless yep, you yep. physically step on one or yeah. smack it against something. And yeah, let's use those chanters for a few years, which they use, the McCallums. And they did a great job, and I think they're using a new chanter now. And if they're using a Blackwood chanter now, fine. They know how to deal with it. Yeah. Uh, and no, no, I can guarantee in Wasatch and District, with the way they are set up, no kids are going to be sword fighting with the chanters. Right, yeah. Um, the band is is set up so incredibly well. Yeah, it's almost it's scary. Yeah, and uh, but then they put they they asked me, uh, is it okay if we let Mike Postman be the lead drummer? Sure, you know I don't care. Mm. Then we had a big meeting, a big organization meeting, and uh, and had all, all kinds of people in, and people from who had been former Scots and former Utah, blah blah blah, and we had a big organization meeting, and then we we got Wasatch a district going. And then uh, the band just flourished. Put Mike in as the lead drummer, and Mike's a very talented drummer. But uh, the drummer who just blows me away is Dan Schneider. Mm. Uh, I've played under him in their grade four core, and and Dan's honest with me. You know, he'll say you're playing crap. And then I, then I wrote a couple of jigs for them, and he, he looks at it and he goes, "There's no way this core is going to be able to core this tune." Mm -hmm. And you know what coring means. I, I assume that it just means have everybody play it all at the same time nicely. Yes, he yeah. said that it's too complex, it's like and you, so you I, might be able to solo it, but you can't core it. Yeah, I and see. and I said okay, so we we mellowed it out, but had a couple of really good years, and then uh, and just started enjoying playing with Wasatch, mm -hmm. and uh, but then uh, I was boy, I was just running out of steam, mm -hmm. and uh, in 2018, and just tired all the time. And went in, had my heart checked, and I had my uh, left anterior descending heart vein mm -hmm. was 95% occluded. Oh, really? Uh, it's called the Widowmaker. Oh, it, no. When it goes, it goes, and you're There's dead. There's a great name for a medical condition. Jeez. Oh, yeah. And so it was so, so bad. That's I went in, and I did the stress test, yeah. and they're monitoring me and doing all this stuff, and then making all these notes. And then the guy says, okay, you're going in for surgery Thursday. This is wow. Tuesday. Wow. I said, okay. And he goes, and don't take the stairs when you leave. Oh, no way. <laughs> Holy <Okay>. moly. <laughs> it's <laughs> so, like if a stiff breeze is blowing, stay indoors. Yeah. So, wow. That's crazy. So uh, I, I turned on my gear at Wasatch and District. And then Carefully, I. Uh, right. One piece at a time so you weren't lifting too much. Yeah. And, uh, but no, this is after, after my heart surgery. I see. Okay. And then, and then uh, I just started helping Jeff run the games with Jeff and Larry. Yep, yep. And uh, boy, what is it? 
there's just so many funny stories over the years. Yeah. I can't remember them all. <laughs> but just, I love listening to drum corps. Yeah. I love helping drum corps. Yeah. I, it's just, you see the hair stand up on the back of my neck when I listen to a, a drum, a, a band playing and the bass drum is just, just hideously tuned. Mm. And I will go and offer my help. And yeah. sometimes they tell me to go away. But sometimes I say, well, sure, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. And I'll tweak them and get them working. Hello, friends. Just a quick note to make you aware, this podcast is something that I love doing, and I will keep doing it no matter what. But if you want to send me money, I won't say an A. The easiest way to do that is through Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash droningonpodcast. We do regular drawings for bagpipey albums, books, sheet music, and more, including Droning On Swag. All patrons are in the figurative hat from whence the names of winners are drawn. And there are other benefits to members as well. They're all listed there at patreon.com slash droningonpodcast. And speaking of swag, another way to support the show is to buy cool stuff from my little online shop, bagpipeswag.com. There you can find Droning On stuff as well as other pipey and drummy things that my, uh, that my friends and I make. And if you feel so inclined, I genuinely invite you to follow the show on Facebook. It's super fun to have a way to interact over there, uh, to discuss past episodes, and I also uh, like to bounce ideas off of, off of you, my friends, uh, ask you for input on upcoming interviews, that kind of stuff. Uh, I'd like to invite you to join in on virtual book clubs and uh, probably lots of other cool stuff that uh, I just haven't even thought of yet as of this recording. It's easy to find. Just get on Facebook and search Droning On Podcast. And if Instagram is more your jam, we're also on there at droning.on.podcast. You can also email the show at thedroningonpodcast at gmail.com. And links to these sites, social media accounts, and more are in the show notes. Leaving the show a positive rating and review helps others to find it, so feel free to do that. And thank you again for listening, you cool human you. Oh, great story. 2003. Mm -hmm. 2003. For some reason, I wasn't playing with the band that summer, and I can't remember why, but uh, probably something at work. But it was the Grade 3 uh, Utah Pipe Band versus the Grade 3 Isle of Mall, okay? Mm -hmm. The Scots weren't playing that year because they were getting ready for the Worlds, yeah. and they honestly just didn't want to compete. Okay, fine. So uh, Isle of Mall has my little sister in the band, Megan. And I just love Megan. Where, where and, was Isle uh, of Mole based at the time? Out of Colorado. Yeah, I think very. Are they the one that march in like like plain kilts? No, that's uh, the Irish band. Oh yes, of course, of course, yeah. I can't remember their name though, but no, Isla Mole was like City of Denver and Isla Isla Mole were the two heavy hitters. Gotcha. And then Fort Collins too. Mm -hmm. Fort Collins, who went in 2003 and took fifth in the worlds. Yeah. Their drum corps won in the worlds in 3B. Yeah. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah. Way to that's go. that's how good these guys are. So Isla Mole is there. They're tuning up, and I, I'm listening, and their bass is just off, just off a nano shave. So I go over, and uh, it's my favorite bass in the world, the 28, in, 28 by 18 on Dante, uh, the old style. I love yeah. that drum. We, we had one of those in high school, one of those 18-inch thick ones. Yes. Heavy, but sounded awesome. But gorgeous. Yeah. <clears throat> so I go over, and I help tweak them, and I help them tweak their tenors. And their drum corps beat Utah's drum corps. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> well, at least you uh, weren't in any sort of official capacity at the time. So. <laughs> no, no, I wasn't. I was helping out at the games. Uh, I think I was the president. Was I the president of WSPBA at that time? No, no, the branch. I think I was the branch president yeah. again at that time. And But that was fun. But I helped 
tweak their drum corps and, and they won, which to me is a feather in my cap, you know, mm-hmm. hooray. Plus it was my little sister's band. Right. Oh, make it my, go good. my complaint about Isle of Mall. Mm-hmm. Okay. For some reason they had, it was at the Murray uh, park when they had the competition there. And so they had bands playing simultaneously. We had enough judges. Oh, sure. So we're getting ready for our MSR and over way over there is Isle of Mall. And Isla Mole comes on with this just insanely beautiful tune mm-hmm. as they're marching. And I'm just sitting there going, wow, that's a beautiful tune. And I missed our roll-off. <laughs> <laughs> they were so good, they completely distracted you. <laughs> so I went went to uh... Susan Thornton, who was a piper in their band, and I said, I'm, I'm submitting an official complaint. And she goes, what? <laughs> and I said, your band sounded so good in your medley that it distracted me on my MSR. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, yeah, give it a shot. You know? So in but, future, we'll expect you to downgrade your playing a bit, please, so that you don't oh, distract please. the other bands. <laughs> but but that's a band that broke up. Yeah. Uh, they lost their pipe major, and then they tried another pipe major who didn't really work out, and yeah. then they put in a guy who was not a good pipe major, but a good guy. But they, they just were not doing well and the drum corps and had it and they just broke up yeah so yeah you know it's the more that i learn a little bit about like these sort of like histories of especially our local pipe band history um but also Mm -hmm. other places too i mean like triumph street having existed for a while and then recently i believe they've become disbanded just within the last two years stuff like that. yeah they just ended it Mm -hmm. you know it, it just it just makes me think like you gotta preserve the personal connections as much as possible because the organizations can be very fleeting. You know, I mean, some bands last for hundreds of years, but very few. And so yes. it's like we're, we're a deck of cards and we're going to be reshuffled. So, yes. you know, be nice to people because you never know what shape the bands are going to take in future. And, you know, it's a community of people, not so much of, uh, you know, sort of like tribal bands. Right. And it used to be tribal bands, you know, yeah. 50 years ago, but not now. Mm-hmm. No. I've I've played in good lord, uh, some of you go down the list. The Salt Lake Scots. I've played in uh, Sierra. Mm-hmm. I've played in Utah. I played in uh, oh the band out of Ogden. Uh, oh, I, I, I don't know what it, not the not the not the university one up there, right? No, not the university. But I can't remember their name. Boy, the, there goes the brain. You know, <laughs> you turn sixty-four and your brain goes. You got but your I played heart it. fixed. Next is your brain. <laughs> yeah, but I played with them for uh, for a season. Uh, then I came back, played with Utah. Uh, but I've I've helped out. I used to help Payson, mm-hmm. uh, but they seem to have a really good program right well, now. Well, that's yeah. Diana is really well, and, and she's got the. Um, she, she's got she's got help as as well of course but that, you know she's she's a uh, she's running a pretty tight ship right now. Well, I saw Matt Biggs doing something with him a while ago. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah. that's part of the magic is she's really good at reaching out to people and saying like, hey, I'm humble, so will you come help? Because oh. you know, rather than being insular and being like, I've got this, nobody touch me, I've got this. You know, she's very open about about that, and I think that's part of the magic of it. Oh, and, and Matt's an outstanding drummer. He's such He's a good drummer and such great. a nice person. He helps a lot. And, and but Dan Schneider. Uh, I think Dan's just playing in the grade two right now, but he, he should be leading a drum corps. Mm-hmm. He's that good. And he just has, he well, he drums like me. Uh, in that's, fact, that's how you know he's good, right? If in he fact, drums I'm, like Bruce, then he's good. I know. I'm listening to something he wrote, and he's playing it, and I'm going, that that's really good. And I said, you want, want me to be honest? And he goes, you want what? And I said, it sounds like something I wrote. <laughs> 
<laughs> which is another Payson story. I love it. <laughs> another Payson story. Yeah. Okay. I know we're in an hour. How long no, does this go? Yeah, give, give me some more, man. I'll, I've got to take my kid to a basketball game in a little bit. I'll tell you if oh, it okay. gets, get, starts getting too close. You just keep talking. Okay. Another Payson story. Uh, this was years ago when, when it was me and Dave Keechy, and we were helping all the bands, setting bands up, you know, writing music for bands. And Payson comes through, and they're playing this do, this tune. And, and setting. Clear, and this is going, the Payson High School program, right? Payson High School. Yeah. yeah. I was going, wow, that's really a nice setting. And they're finishing, and they walk in, and they walk off the drummers go, wow, that was a great setting you guys were playing. Who wrote that? Oh, uh, you. <laughs> 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 my compliments to the arranger <laughs> oh okay but okay here's my world's greatest drumming story yeah and this one blew me away yeah um i i do things with jim laughlin out in new zealand once mm-hmm. in a while you know i'll send music to him and yeah you know just so he has a repertoire and so my wife has friends in new zealand and so she's talking to somebody but who are there in pipe bands mm-hmm. and uh and they're they're talking about this tune they're playing, uh, "Ranting Roving Robin," and uh, and this woman says, "Do you know this Bruce Baxter who wrote this?" And she goes, "Yeah, it's my husband." <laughs> uh, <that's laughs> so I'm running around with a swollen head, going, "Well, a band in New Zealand's playing one of my tunes." Right. Yeah. <laughs> so. I was difficult to live with for about an hour and a half, and then my <laughs> wife humbled me, of yeah, course. Yeah, <clears throat> But that's cool. Yeah, way cool, you know, man. When I can write a setting that someone likes enough that yeah. they want to play it. It's got to feel good, absolutely. Yes. And, well, it's like us. When I played with Utah, we played, I can't remember the name. It's a 5-4 that has that hanging last note. I can't remember the name. Yeah. No, what are the, yeah, so what is there that? was a piper who calls, it, calls it like a hanging note or a hanging chad. But I, I never could write a setting to it. It was always a pain in the neck. Well, and yeah, then I saw this. kind of weird. Yeah, it's weird. And then I saw this band out of Copenhagen had written one, and I'm looking at it, and I go, whoa, that's a pretty cool setting. And so I took it, made a few little adjustments, and then we played it in Utah when I was mm-hmm. helping them. Mm-hmm. And uh, everyone liked it, but then Deanne got sick of the tune, and mm. but I thought, what's well, the one thing we played really well? <laughs> so. Darn it! I know that we played that tune in high school too, so I, I I wouldn't be surprised. I like I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised if we picked it up after uh, if that program picked it up after after you'd played it at Utah. Yeah, that, yeah, and then then I'll tell you the the tune I hate the most in the entire world. Yeah, which one is is the uh, uh, at long last. Oh, I know that title, but I can't think of the oh, melody. It just goes on and on and on. And so it's at long last this tune is over. <laughs> and, and so, and so Deanne wanted to play it, and I wrote a setting for it, and I yeah. just hated it. <laughs> it's a four-four with repeats, and I said, let's just play it without the repeats. Uh, it's, yeah. Then it's palatable. Yeah. <laughs> we were down in Phoenix to do a competition, and uh, Mesa, the uh, city of Mesa, was playing that tune, and they played that tune all day long yeah. and we got back to salt lake and dan said i don't think we're gonna play that tune <laughs> that's what she needed was exposure to it right to realize oh, that it's geez. too much <laughs> it was just too much oh it's it just goes on forever and i hate yeah. that oh what other tunes my favorite tunes in the world uh the hawk which is a uh, hornpipe yeah um i don't know that one look it up on youtube there's yeah. a guy playing it with a chanter and with a guitar okay uh it's Moving cloud, uh, moving cloud, and then he plays the hawk. 
mm-hmm. and you'll know the hawk. Yeah. Because it, the ending of the last part goes do ba da ba da 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 ba dee da ba dee da 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 da. It's just so cool. Yeah. And I know Ross Morrill knows that tune, and yeah. Wasatch has got to play that sometime. There's another one that you're going, hey, Wasatch, why don't you play this? <laughs> yes, because well, of the band I'm going to throw this hard stuff at. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, it, it, Ross loves to learn new tunes. They've got Justin in there now. Those two can right. play this stuff. Sure. If we're getting 15 other pipers to play it, that's the game. Yeah. But uh, you got a yeah, they're my experiment band, even <laughs> though I told them their attack was predatory one time. So that was a clinic with uh, with uh, Terry Lee yeah. and Scott Robertson and Terry Lee and was it Terry Lee's son or Jack Lee's son? I can't remember. Angus was his name. But did, were you at the I, clinic at Fort Douglas? No, I, I to the clinic because oh, uh, of work. But I, I remember yeah. it happening. Yeah. You missed it. Oh man, yeah. it was great. Everybody but, was going on about it afterward. I definitely wish I'd made it. But Wasatch started their tune but it was like bam, and it's like wow dudes and and they stopped and, uh, and then their uh, attack was predatory great way to describe yeah and, it. <laughs> and terry terry goes well what did you guys think and i said well can i be honest i mean i i love you guys you're my friends i said your attack seems really predatory it scares me yeah, <laughs> yeah just play into it just do a roll off yeah and uh i hopefully they heard me i don't know they may think i'm just full of hot air i don't know but <laughs> But see, I, I judged drumming for a long time, yeah. and and I I love I love some things when I love to hear them. Yeah. Uh, B.J. Gunn is really good at ensemble, yeah. and uh, yeah. he knows he knows what ensemble is supposed to sound like, and uh, so that's yeah. what I thought. It sounded predatory. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you missed a really good clinic. And, yeah, uh, I've heard it was great. Not just the sandwiches. I, Oh yeah, everything was delicious. That's that's what I, I'm going to do for uh, for uh, Deanna is uh, or Deanne. Like I'm sorry. You're getting um, yeah, Deanne and Diana, of course. Are yeah, yeah. But I'm going to I'm going to make sure we have uh, she has enough money to buy lunch for mm-hmm. everybody for that uh, yeah. the invitational. Yeah, um, that's going to be fun. But uh, I sat in on the clinic with Scott Robertson. I sat in on the beginning clinic. He goes, Bruce, mm. this is beginning drummering. And, and I said, I know. And he goes, but you're not going to hear anything. You're mm. not going to learn anything. Yes, I will. I said, Scott, you're a master. Yeah. I'm going to learn something. Yeah. And I said, I'll keep my mouth shut unless you ask me a direct question. Mm-hmm. He goes, okay. And so he taught the whole clinic with me sitting there with keeping my big mouth shut. <laughs> but uh, I learned. Yeah. I learned. That's the attitude to have, right? Yeah, it's not a destination; it's a road. You yeah, it is, and I mean, you know, you're learning something new every day. For sure, man. And, uh, but uh, I love hearing, I love hearing kid pipers. Yeah. Who are are good? There was a 13 year old kid playing his pipes, a uh, little chubby little kid, mm-hmm. and I'm just listening to this thing and going, "That's immaculate." Yeah. And, uh, you know, kind of holding his pipes a little skitty wampus, but sure. just beautiful. Yeah. So that's I, what we I, need I, I more. I had of. a student like that just uh, oh a year or two ago who just like I'd teach him something one week and think I was ready to teach him the next week and he'd be four steps ahead of me the next week and pretty <laughs> quick he was getting his pipes out and playing like he was like one week he shows up he's like I've been working on this tune called Steam Train you know and I was like oh really uh, which part you've been working on he's like all of them <laughs> and so I, I got my pipes out and I was like all right which part are you gonna play he's like I could play any of them and he like absolutely could play all of them really well and this is like months just a few months into learning you know like just some of these kids man, just blows your mind how old is he 
he's probably about that age now. He's got to be a younger teenager. You know, he's probably around 13 or 14 now. See, and he's going to be there doing this 40 years from now. Yeah, exactly. It's like you just imagine, man, where he's going to be. That's why programs like Payson yeah. and Ben Lomond and mm -hmm. uh, all of these programs, the Dave the Dave Barkley dream, mm -hmm. get the kids playing. Yeah. And he did. Yeah. And uh, that was that was what part of Zach's scheme, Zach Lee's, um, before he passed away. Oh, we, he invested Zach. in a in a 3D printer that I actually have sitting right here next to me, and he started uh -huh. designing these practice chanters. And part of his goal here was to um, make practice chanters cheap enough that they could compete with recorders. And then we've got uh, wow. Laura. Laura, um, oh, I know her maiden name. Her 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 current name is Broadbank, I think. Um, mm -hmm. Rockbank, maybe. Um, so she had played in, in down at the Payson program, and maybe with White Peaks too. Anyway, she currently has some kind of role with the Alpine Dis I think it's the Alpine School District uh, music program. Mm -hmm. So the whole scheme was we're going to make chanters cheap, and then use that connection to replace the recorder program in elementary school music classes with <gasps> practice chanters instead. <laughs> this was oh, Zach's plan, right? And so you are so <laughs> conniving. <laughs> maybe oh, we'll I love still it. bring it to fruition someday. We'll we'll see. <laughs> wouldn't that be wonderful? Yeah, wouldn't it be cool? Cause, uh, Cast that I don't like wide, the recorder man. program. They don't learn music very well on the recorders. They yeah. will learn it on a practice chanter. Yeah. So yeah, it's nine notes, but still, it's still nine notes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, oh, I miss Zach. What yeah, a me too. brilliant piper and learning to be a brilliant drummer. He would, yeah. Like I'm not a drummer, so I can't judge as well. I know he had, he was my, the best piper I've ever known and had pretty quickly become a very impressive drummer. Yeah. Yeah, and he, he, I don't think he'll ever know the impact he had because I've had people from back east going, oh, yeah, I heard about Zach. Yeah. You know, and, uh, yeah, far reaching. Ah. So hopefully I haven't said anything that will offend anyone. If it oh, does, I'm sorry. Oh, not at all. Not at all. And, and honestly, some of the folks who might have what you might call a rebuttal, I doubt it would actually be like a rebuttal, but I'd like to interview more people who have been around for a while in the Utah piping, you know, scene and so it'll be really fun to compare accounts at some point you know <laughs> oh john and jim barkley yeah andrew morrill yep um i interviewed ross just a week or two ago oh, you so did. yep and so my plan is then to move on to, to andrew and and i and i'm gonna interview interview jeff here in a couple weeks as well um, oh ross he's such a brilliant pipe maker yeah ah. very pretty too his sets that he's working on yeah he's um, i hope he makes himself a millionaire so. yeah can I, can I finish with one last story? Yeah, please do. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, 93, we were at Santa Rosa, and uh, there was Utah who, you know, we'd done really well. We'd been successful. Yeah. And then there was another, was it 53rd Street Cabaret? But uh, Charlie and Art Caperold were the drummers for that. And then there was a band called Hamilton, mm. and they were sponsored by Noodle Roney. And we're all just really? kind of chuckling. <laughs> by you know, Noodle, Noodle Roney, huh? Yeah, these guys ought to be a bunch of jerks. But... Let that be a lesson that you can never reach too far to find sponsors. You never know who's going to want to sponsor a pipe band. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, we, we'd finished competing. So there's there's me and Charlie and Art Caperold. Uh, that was back in my drinking days. So we're all drinking a pint mm. of Guinness and saluting each other. Oh, well, well we did really well. We're probably going to play today. Hamilton marches up. And the word juggernaut is the only word I can use to describe really? it. They were just huge and perfect. Wow. And they're playing a grade three. Yeah. That is the St. Thomas alumni band now. Oh, really? No, yeah. no longer sponsored by Noodle Roney? Do you know? Has that, has that continued? <laughs> No, no, yeah. they're not sponsored. They, uh, they pretty much have anyone who wants to sponsor them. Right. But yeah. it's uh, what's his name? The the piper down the world class. Uh, 
boy, there you go. There goes the brain again. <laughs> but he, he helped build that program, and they're just – but uh, Blair to, Brown is playing with him. So. I've got to imagine that their, their sound was especially impressive on the heels of you dudes hanging out on the side, you know, just like giggling about Noodle Roni, and then all of a sudden the sound is just amazing. That's yeah, that probably made it even more impressive. Well, due to politics, we all tried to convince him to play grade two the next day oh, to yeah, give us a chance. Yeah, yeah. And because of they were from the one that does, was it uh, PPBSO does Texas, mm. they couldn't play grade three or grade two because it would mess up their standing in their home mm, place. So gotcha. they had to play grade three. Gotcha. So goodbye to gold for everybody else who was there, huh? <laughs> yeah, and which is fine, you know. Yeah, at least it was you get a, to hear him play. Such a joy to listen to the yeah. play. I mean, wow. Yeah. Cool. So that's my that's my ending story. So. Beautiful.